Rinkwide Vancouver. Vancouver Canucks pick up where they left off before the All-Star break. They had that frantic comeback win against Columbus. This one, a little more textbook, not quite as much drama, but hey, a win is a win. Back-to-back victories for the Canucks, who have points now in a dozen straight games, 10-0-2 after they start their post-All-Star break portion of the schedule, the final 33 games, the march to the playoffs with a 3-2 victory over a very good Carolina Hurricanes team at PNC Arena in Raleigh. This is Rinkwide Vancouver, Jeff Patterson, along with Irfan Gaffar. And we're coming to you from the Rinkwide studio in the Sheraton Wall Center in the heart of downtown Vancouver, centrally located. The heart of it all, sports games, theaters, restaurants, shopping, it's all just a short walk away. Whether you have people in from out of town or you're considering a staycation, make sure to consider the Wall Center. Well, Earth, this one took a little while to get going. There wasn't a whole lot in the first period. They traded goals in the first. They traded goals in the second. It was all about special teams. But when you look at the score sheet on this night, the guys that represented the Vancouver Canucks at the All-Star Weekend, they dot the score sheet. And, of course, the newcomer pays immediate dividends. What a debut for Elias Lindholm. The newest Canuck that wasn't a part of the team in the all-star game right. so thought it was interesting there but yes what a what a debut for Elias Lindholm and him being able to go in and, and do what he did and, and make an impact immediately for his new team obviously both coming on the power play but that's the type of player you were getting Jeff you were getting a guy that was a power play guy that was a guy that can play both the center on the wing a guy that can play on the PK so you could have him in every any different stage of the game but we'll break it down obviously all of it what a debut for Elias Lindholm wearing number 23 for the Vancouver Canucks a couple goals it was funny at two shots two goals but he didn't really shoot any of them right but it's one of those interesting things and obviously you know they're all-stars where they're all-stars especially Thatcher Demko yeah and we'll get to Demko in a second yeah. but let's just stay with Lindholm for a moment when you look at his night in totality the two power play goals both on deflection so you're right they counted shots on goal but uh, didn't actually put pucks to the net just redirected them into the net but he'll take them a guy that wasn't exactly feeling it at the time of the trade but he gets two and it is funny the Internet was sort of on fire because uh, <laughs> Kuzmenko wasted no time whatsoever opening the scoring for the Calgary Flames in his debut in uh, Boston. So uh, he gets on the scoreboard, Elias Lindholm. Uh, he gets a pair for the Vancouver Canucks up to 11 now on the season, and he had a chance at the at the hat trick. They had him out there late for a couple of shifts with the goaltender pulled for the extra attacker, but uh, wasn't to be the JT Miller goal in the third period, the four-minute mark of the third period, broke the two-all tie and stood as the game winner. For Lindholm, we said the two power play goals, 21 minutes and one second of ice time, the two shots, and he went five for 10 in the faceoff circle, which is uh, 50%, obviously, a little below his season average. But I guess when I look at his contributions here, it's a heady player able to get to the front of the net. The Hurricanes so aggressive on their penalty kill. Uh, they had a guy out high trying to neutralize Quinn Hughes, which is uh, obviously easier mm-hmm. said than done. But if they're going to have a man out high, if Hughes can get that shot through the first layer, uh, in theory, there should be some room. And sure enough, Lindholm, the first one, the shot going wide, some nifty hand-eye there to deflect it back into the net. And then the second one, uh, some good work by Brock Besser. It's it back to the point, Quinn Hughes with the shot. And there was Lindholm again. And Ho-hum, just another two points for Quinn Hughes. Had 11 points on the five-game homestand. And picks up two more points here, so uh, just continues to rack up the points. And it was a well-played game. 
I think, you know, credit to the Vancouver Canucks. Like, these are the types of games that they are going to have to find yeah. ways to win here. As we said, it is the March to the playoffs now. This was game 50, so there are 32 to go. And the Vancouver Canucks at 34, 11, and 5, up to 73 points on the season now. Yeah, it's wild. You mentioned Lindholm, obviously. I think what they were getting is they were getting a good hockey player. So good hockey players find themselves in easy positions to score goals, and especially on that power play. I mean, you look at the Vancouver Canucks power play of late, it, it has been pretty good. I mean, when when it cooks, it cooks. And now you're adding a guy who once was a 42-goal scorer in the National Hockey League, playing with good players there, albeit obviously this year, this season not so much with the Calgary Flames, but coming here, getting to play with guys like Brock Besser, with JT Miller, with the Quinn Hughes. It's basically... Yeah, go stand in front of the net. Yeah. We'll get the puck to you. You make sure you put it in the net. Or if you just get a deflection on it, good things are going to happen. And that's exactly what happened for a guy like Elias Lindholm. So in one game, obviously small sample size. We'll see what happens with him and Elias Pettersson. They have played together in the 2019 World Championships. Gabriel Landeskog was on that line as well. So they do have some familiarity between each other. We'll obviously see how this how this rest of the season goes. But... Man, Jeff, I I, I got to keep going to the to, to the play of Thatcher Demko. You mentioned these are the types of games that they're going to be in against these tough teams, the three twos, the two one games when it comes playoff time and down the stretch. And their best player was the guy between the pipes. Yeah, I, I didn't like the shorthanded yeah. goal, not so much on Demko. I mean, obviously, not the start the Canucks were looking for. They get that early power play, and Jordan Martinuk just beat Sam Lafferty out of the corner begs the question again of what Lafferty's doing on that second power play unit, but that's a, another discussion. But didn't like Sam Lafferty on that play in particular. The Canucks are all a little slow to get back, but Lafferty just lets Martinuk walk out of the corner, and uh, they slip the pass to him, and he beats that Demko. You know, and sometimes those shorthanded goals can be really deflating, and I do like this about the Canucks. I don't like this part. They've given up a shorthanded goal now in three of their last five games, but if they've won all three of those games, so... <laughs> You know, you keep looking at this team and you think, like, what is it going to take to derail the Vancouver Canucks? And they had the frantic comeback against Columbus. Uh, the one before that was St. Louis. Uh, they went 4-0-1 on the homestand, and here they kick off, a, you know, what shapes up to be a difficult road trip. But when you're a good team, you find ways to get victories. And so, sure enough, they overcome a shorthanded goal. They score power play goals of their own. They give up a power play goal to Sebastian Ajo. And then JT Miller, uh, on a bit of a broken play, some good work by... Uh, Tyler Myers in the neutral zone waited. Team had to tag up. Brock Besser showed a little patience there not to get ahead of the puck and very much on side. Once the replay, there was never really any doubt. And I'm not sure what uh, the current Hurricanes kind of looked like. They <laughs> let up a little bit on the play. Whatever uh, play to the whistle, Canucks did. Besser gets it across to JT Miller in his 22nd of the season. Is the game winner for the Vancouver Canucks. So a great way to come out of the break. Now they go into Boston. I mean, those storylines kind of present themselves, and then a weekend of matinees that don't generally bring out the best in the Vancouver Canucks, but into Detroit and into Washington. So four and six right out of this all-star break. And to get your all-stars back in the game, to get them on the score sheet, I think all of these are positives for the Vancouver Canucks. And let's get to Thatcher Demko because, look, it's a win for the Canucks. And I guess as they raise the bar for themselves and the way that we look at the way that they go about their business this year, and Carolina's a good team. I wrote a column at Canucks Army over the break about what I thought were the five most impressive wins to this point of the season. And I would have loved to have had a win over Vegas or Colorado mm -hmm. in there, but they don't. I had the win at Madison Square against the Rangers at the top of the list. 
the win over Dallas early in the season, 2 nothing. shut out the Stars. Uh, there were a few others there. But I just think in terms of going about their business, uh, showing the poise, having your game breakers come up, come through, ultimately, you know, I think this one probably would be in the discussion to be on that kind of list. And ultimately, you need your game breaker to be a game breaker. And sometimes it's your goalie. And Thatcher Demko, the numbers... Uh, they speak for themselves. Like, it is ridiculous. He stops 23 of 25, so not a busy, busy night in terms of workload that way. But if Thatcher Demko matches Dan Cloutier for the franchise record with his ninth consecutive victory, and some might be surprised that it's Cloutier and not Bobby Lou, <laughs> yeah. but Dan Cloutier played behind those good West Coast Express teams and had his moments as well. Uh, he rattled off nine straight wins. Nobody's done it until Thatcher Demko here. So his ninth in a row. And beyond that, 15-1-1 in his last 17 starts. That, that That's the crazy stat to me. It's 15-1-1. That's only been beaten twice. And one of them was, you know, it's it's wild. Like, I, I look, your best player needs to be your best player. I think Vesna, obviously, his name is definitely going to be in the conversation. Um, one of, if not the most important player to the success of this hockey team. But... You know, only four shots against in the first period in this game, eight, and then 12 in the third. And he had to be sharp in the third. He made some of his best saves this game in that third period, Jeff. And and, and I think that when he sees the puck, you know, good good things are happening. And, and I think that that's a credit to the guys in front of him as well. Is if you let Thatcher Demko be able to see the puck, chances are he's going to save it. You're not getting screens or going off your own guy. But one of the telling things to me was after the All-Star break, the All-Stars flew in to, um, to, to Carolina on the Sunday. It was an optional practice for the guys that were All-Stars. They all skated. Yeah. And I think that that was one of the big things, for, including the goalie. I mean, goalies don't do that much work at the All-Star game anyways, and it's a bit of a whatever, but they all wanted to skate. They all wanted to be a part of the team and, and kind of get their legs loose a little bit and get ready for game action. And obviously that included Thatcher Demko. And he's definitely going to be a player that's relied upon here. The workload, I want to see once they solidify their playoff spot, what starts to look like him for him down the stretch. But a huge test tonight, a tight, a tight, tight game, and it's going to be an even bigger, bigger test. Assuming he gets to start on Thursday in Boston, oh, I think he's getting <laughs> yeah. the Boston start. I, I, the way the road trip shapes up, I would think that it's Demko on Saturday, Thursday in Boston, probably to Smith in Detroit on Saturday, and then it's back to back into Washington. So you'd come back with Demko there. And if it's me making the decisions, I would go to DeSmith in Chicago at the tail end of the road trip because uh, this ten game stretch right out of the break, like the Canucks come home for two. And then they go back out on the road for three more, eight of 10 out of the All-Star break away from home. So they're going to be challenged at any point that they can put in their back pocket again, uh, especially on a night when you look around the National Hockey League. And as we record this in the moments after the Canucks win, there's uh, certainly the big game between Edmonton and Vegas. But the Canucks helped themselves and then got some help on the out-of-town scoreboard. Calgary with the Kuzmenko in the lineup. Calgary goes into Boston, so the Bruins aren't going to be in a particularly good mood on Thursday when the Canucks roll in there, but Canucks pick up two points on Boston. They pick up two points on Winnipeg as the Jets got shut out 3-0 by the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Florida Panthers, who have been surging before the break. They lose 2-1 on home ice to the Philadelphia Flyers, so your Vancouver Canucks stand alone for the time being, two points ahead of the Boston Bruins at the top of the National Hockey League standings again. You just kind of shake your head, but we've watched it now through 50 games, and uh, here they are, the top team in the National Hockey League. What do you think of Mikheyev's night? Been a lot of talk in the market about Ilya Mikheyev. His buddy gets traded, so <laughs> wasn't sure how he was going to respond there, but uh, maintained his spot on that line with Elias Pettersson and Elias Lindholm. 
Obviously, it hasn't been happening for Mikheyev, but I thought he had some jump, particularly yeah. in the first period, drew the first power play of the hockey game. I know it blew up in the Canucks' face, and they gave out the shorthanded goal, but uh, that wasn't on Mikheyev, and he did his part by putting the Canucks to work with the man advantage. Yeah, no, I thought he I thought he had a good first period. I, I thought that he, you know, definitely had some jump, and, and I think that there was a little bit of, there was not youth, but, you know, he, he had a little bit of jump because of, you know, you got another guy on this line, that is another all-star. And if the message to him was probably clear, if you don't show up, you're not going to be playing up this lineup. They they, they can easily replace you and, and put another guy in that position. So you have two all-stars now on your line and it's okay. I got to show up for these guys. I got to go and retrieve the puck. I got to do all those things. I have to be the guy that's what I was before. And he did that in the first period. I thought it was okay in the second and third, but that's what they need from Mikheyev on a consistent basis. Lindholm's going to be a guy that's going to go and get the puck as well. Pedersen will find you, but that's what they need. And I know his, Mil or his, his agent before the season or during the season did an interview saying that we haven't seen the Ilya Mikheyev that, that, that has been there yet. Well, you're in the stretch run now. You're going to head to the playoffs. Now it's time for this Ilya Mikheyev to show up. The guy that they signed in Toronto that was tenacious on pucks in 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 the in the offensive zone. Then the guy that would do all of those things and hit guys and be physical. So you hope he's able to carry that first period. I assume that's what the tape's going to be. Is this is what was good and let's focus on this every single game for most of the season. We looked at him and said, when is it going to happen? And it showed up in flashes and it's a good start for him. Yeah, he also had a. A decent scoring chance in the slot in the first period that I made note of as well. Now, I, I also am a little bit leery of lowering the bar. You know, we can't come out of too many more games here where we're saying, well, he had a shot and he drew a penalty. I mean, those are good things. But if you're going to be in the top six on a legitimate contender, you've got to find your way to, to, to leave a, a mark on hockey games more than McKayev did. But I do think for a guy that has been fighting a little bit and the offense just hasn't been there, and that line, obviously, uh, they factor into the scoring. You know, and I saw Daniel Wagner, Pasta Boulis, uh, suggest that, and you know, I don't know what Mikheyev did over the All-Star break, but he said it looked like, uh, you know, the rest probably did wonders for his knee. And that's fine. But guess what? He's done with the rest. He doesn't get nine yeah. days off between games. Come playoff time, you're not getting nine days off. You're not playing once every 10 days. So I haven't heard Mikheyev lean on excuses about the knee He's in the lineup on a nightly basis. He's not getting maintenance days for practice. I assume from that, and that's all I have to go on, is that, you know, it may not be 100, 100%, but he's not requiring maintenance days. He's good to go. And if you're in the lineup, it's fair to have some expectations. Well, that's the biggest thing. If you if you can play every single night and you're in the lineup, you should be able to contribute. And, and I think this was a good start. Look, we, we've been on him all year long, and, and for good reason. For, you know, he comes with the contract. You know, he was a guy that obviously you know, play, played a certain way. And there's so much talk about, you know, him and, and Kuzmenko and what they were going to be able to bring to this team. Well, he hasn't really brought it this season. And, and I think it's going to get to a point now where you go into these games, these these tight games, these playoff type of games, and Rick Tockett's not going to have a leash for for some of these guys. Not not just him. I mean, if you're in the top six and, and, and you're not playing well and some other guys are, you're going to be moved up and down the lineup. And I think that the message was received to Ilya Mikheyev, whether it was from talking over the break or someone else had a talking to him. And, you know, you hope that he's able to come out of this and play as consistent as he did in the first period. Want to double back to the power play because you mentioned that uh, it has come alive again. <laughs> and when they went through New York and New Jersey, most of the goals they were scoring then were five on five. And that's great. I mean, the bulk of the game is still played at even strength. And so uh, you have to be able to produce if you're going to be a good team and, a, and a, you know get on any sort of playoff run. 
But man, you want to have a power play that in moments can absolutely put the hammer down. And the power play went seven for 18 on that five game homestand, including the three in the third period against Columbus in that game before the break. Like, I don't know where the resurgence came from, but now you bring Elias Lindholm in. He scores his first two goals as a Canuck with the man advantage. So another weapon there. We talked about uh, his smarts of getting to the front of the net. But Irv, in the last six games, the power play, 9 for 21, 42.9%. That'll work. Nuclear. I mean, it's pretty good. But they're all all-stars on that yep. power play unit. Yep. And the other ones are goalie. So you have all their all-stars on the period at one time. I mean... And it's it. I think the biggest thing about that power play is the way that they move the puck, the way that they snap it around. And Quinn Hughes has been given the freedom to do Quinn Hughes things. He does whatever he wants. And the problem with that is for an opposing team is you have to pinch on him at the blue line. You have to force him to do things. Well, you do that, he's going to go around the net and find someone. Someone's going to be open. And when Brock Besser's hitting the net and playing with that confidence like he has, when JT Miller is playing with the confidence that he has, Elias Pedersen has one of the most ridiculous shots in the National Hockey League when he wants to, is is can can get into open spaces as well. And now you have a guy that has absolutely no problem being a net front presence, has wicked hand-eye coordination. It makes for other opposing teams, like you can't take a penalty if you're a team against the Vancouver Canucks. I always think too, I mean, when you're traded, when you're Elias Lindholm, you recognize, like the Canucks went out, they paid a price, mm-hmm. they gave up a package of players and picks, and so there is going to be some pressure. And the last thing that you want, the last thing you want, is to go five, six, eight <laughs> games without you know leaving your mark. And so this just alleviates the pressure on him. I mean, there's always going to be pressure. He's in the NHL, he's on a good team, but uh, we've seen it with guys that have come to new teams and the fit just hasn't worked or whatever the case so if you're Elias Lindholm, I would imagine you sleep pretty well tonight knowing that you scored two of the three goals, your team wins in your debut, and you found your spot on that power play and know right away that you're able to contribute. Yeah, and I also think when you were him, like your name was in the trade rumors before the season started. And you knew in the back of your mind that you're a good player. So one of the top dog teams is going to want you. So no matter what team you go to, you're going to have to perform. But I think... In the back of his mind, somewhere he knew it was going to end up being Vancouver. And I think the fit for him here with the way that they play, with who he's going to play with, and his role in the power play is going to fit seamlessly. And obviously, it showed in his debut with two goals. Rink-wide Vancouver, a presentation of Seagram's VO Select Canadian Whiskey, artfully blended and impeccably crafted. Make it your very own. It's a Canadian product distilled in Montreal. Seagram's VO Select is currently available in select BC liquor stores. So visit Seagram's VO Select to purchase, or to find in your nearest liquor store. 3-2, the Vancouver Canucks defeat the Carolina Hurricanes. They sweep the season series, a pair of one-goal wins, 4-3 here in Vancouver, back on the 9th of December, so a couple of tight ones. The Hurricanes seem to play a lot of those. Man, they don't give up much. They uh, surrender the fewest shots in the National Hockey League. Arizona saw that firsthand in the last game before the break when Carolina didn't give up a third-period shot. In this one, the Canucks had three Third period shots, but they scored on one of them. The PDO bender continues for this hockey <laughs> club. They laugh in the face of uh, PDO. They did get outshot 21 to 7 over the final 40 minutes. So it wasn't a perfect game for the Vancouver Canucks. And again, expectations uh, and the way that we look at them and critique the play, you know, you wouldn't want to play that game every single night, getting outshot 21 to 7 over the final 40 minutes. But as you said, the defense did a nice job. Let Thatcher Demko see pucks for the most part. 
He made the saves. They win the hockey game. And as we mentioned right off the top, 10-0-2 now in their last dozen. They win this one 3-2. It's their second straight victory. Uh, we'll have our three-star selection. We're going to get uh, some player audio, the coach as well. Still ahead, we've got a uh, stat that stands out. We've got a little listener feedback from our feedback channels. So a uh, lot still ahead, and we'll uh, start to preview uh, what's next for the Vancouver Canucks. It's always fun when the Canucks and the Bruins get together, and they'll do that on Thursday. Canucks winners Ian Raleigh to kick off this five-game road trip. You're listening to Rinkwide Vancouver. Vancouver Canucks defeat the Carolina Hurricanes by a score of three to two. First game of a five-game road trip to start out of the All-Star break. You're going to hear from or talk at the moment, but Elias Lindholm or Elias Lindholm, the man of the night. So we'll certainly hear from the newest member of the Vancouver Canucks, and then we'll get to our three-star selection. And I just want to take a moment to welcome Mr. Lube to Rinkwide Vancouver, a new partner of ours, and uh, we're delighted to be working with the fine folks at Mr. Lube. So all of the post-game audio here on Rinkwide Vancouver, a presentation of Mr. Lube, 100% Canadian, pioneers of the no-appointment oil change, warranty-approved, now providing tire service and sales and no appointment needed. 16 locations in the Lower Mainland. For one near you, go to MrLube.com. Elias Lindholm, two goals, both on the power play, gets one late in the first period and then uh, gets the second that put the Canucks up 2-1. to one. Now, the Hurricanes would uh, respond because the Canucks took the too many men on the ice penalty and they've done that a few too many times. I think they said on the broadcast, 10th time now this season, so... Uh, Certainly some things to clean up there. But uh, if you're Elias Lindholm, we covered off uh, his night, a place that uh, he knows well. He was drafted fifth overall by the Hurricanes back in 2013. So Elias Lindholm uh, just talking about his successful Vancouver Canucks debut. I felt pretty good. Uh, you know, obviously kind of nervous before the game. Uh, a lot of new things. And, uh, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, I felt pretty good. Um, I thought we played pretty good. And, and obviously, it was, uh, it was a tight game, uh, playoff-like game. Um, they're a good team. Uh, we're a good team. So, uh, not a lot of room out there. But uh, we stuck with it and, and got the two points. That's all, all, all that matters. All these years later, and still a little nervous, he says. I guess coming to a new team. He had a couple of practices. I'm sure that helped an awful lot. That uh, You're not just getting thrown in. That It's well documented now that he was uh, 35,000 feet in the air trying <laughs> to find a Wi-Fi signal on his way home from Cabo. And... Uh, Learned of the trade, but uh, certainly his name's been out there, so I don't think he could be shocked. But you know, still a lot to compartmentalize, to pick up your life, and uh, and move on. And same for Andre Kuzmenko, and so kind of funny and cool that uh, they both score for their new teams on the same night. Uh, Lindholm again getting the first one out of the way and out of the second one, but I think uh, for him a little bit of relief just to find the score sheet in that first period, helping him settle into the hockey game. No, it was uh, obviously a little relief. Uh, you know, obviously playing with uh, it's a lot of good players on this team, and and you know, um, you know we're we play well today, and and obviously it was a nice. Nice shot by uh, Huggy there, and, and obviously got a piece of it. So it was nice to see. Everybody talks about his IQ, his hockey IQ. Uh, apparently, it didn't take him long to learn the nicknames <laughs> of. Uh, he's got Huggy down already. I, maybe that's pretty standard. And you spend weekend at the yeah. All Star. Uh, you pick up the lingo around the locker room, uh, whatever he knows the the nicknames of uh, his captain at the very least. Uh, head coach, and we'll hear from Rick Tockett on Lindholm in a sec. But just uh, a general thought or two from the head coach on uh, a good victory over a good Carolina hockey club. I'm really happy. I thought we had an excellent first, and then we grinded out at the end. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought we played a really good hockey game, especially with uh, 
10 days off, like Carolina, they were pushing at the end. So two good hockey teams. Yeah, he's not wrong. I mean, those are two very good hockey clubs. And uh, so for the Canucks to take four points off Carolina, those are points that not everybody else is going to get over the course of the season. So I think the Canucks should feel pretty good about uh, the way that they played the Hurricanes straight up, both uh, here in Vancouver and uh, in this game to start the road trip. No, absolutely. And and I think that, you know, you mentioned or you saw the hockey IQ and then how good that Elias Lindholm has been throughout his career. Yeah, the nerves were there, definitely, for him coming into this game. And you're not only getting traded and just going to a team. Like, you're going to a team that believes in itself. You mentioned, Jeff, obviously, that, you know, the Canucks gave up a lot for him. You know, that they want him on this team. So there's that added pressure, too, to go out and perform. And he was able to do that, obviously, in his, in his debut. Well, the goals were important because uh, they gave the Canucks a little bit of life uh, late in the first period when they were down one nothing after... They had allowed the shorthanded goal to open the scoring by Jordan Martinuk, the former Vancouver Giant. So Lindholm ties the game at one, and then he puts the Canucks up on power play, both of them, as we've documented, deflections at the net front. And so it's going to be interesting to watch uh, as he continues to work his way uh, along with the Vancouver Canucks. But big night for him. You're going to hear his name in the three stars, but talk it with a thought on his newest member of the hockey club. Well, take away the goals aside, obviously, <clears throat> you know, I, we, we talked about watching him on net front with Calgary, uh, how good he was. But uh, just at the end, that block shot, knowing when to to be aggressive, when not to be, just you can tell. I mean, you know, when you go through the tape tomorrow, you'll, you'll see hockey IQ plays. Um, you know, he was obviously, he was great tonight for us. Yeah, he was great. Uh, <laughs> again, it's hard to argue with two goals for the newcomer. So uh, nice start to his Canuck career for Elias Lindholm. And let's roll right into the three stars. And again, uh, all of our post-game audio here on Required Presentation of Mr. Lube, MrLube.com. All right, to the three stars. The three stars in the building. And I was a little surprised Thatcher Demko not getting any love there in Raleigh. Lindholm was the first star. Quinn Hughes with the two assists. And again, Quinn can be a star just about every <laughs> night out. Uh, and he and Hronik did tilt the ice. Uh, shots were one-sided in the Canucks' favor at even strength when he was out there. Sebastian Ajo with his 18th goal of the season, tied the game on the power play on that too-many-men call. So it looked like that might be a big goal to get the uh, Hurricanes back on even terms. I've got Ajo. Again, noticed him. He had a chance earlier in the hockey game as well. He is their leading scorer and their, their best player. But you do wonder, and it's kind of been the knock on them for a little while. Now, Svechnikov didn't play. He's getting close to coming back from an upper body injury. But they just look like a team that could use another game breaker. I mean, easier said than done. And they've got their own budgetary constraints and don't want to be spending a ton. But in a two-all tie, ultimately, it's JT Miller, the Canucks' leading scorer, comes through and wins the hockey game. And, you know, they've got some nice players. But, you know, outside of Sebastian Ajo you wonder if they've got enough, and ultimately that they came up short last year in the playoffs, but well-coached, well-structured, good defense, and uh, if they get enough goaltending, you know, they'll be heard from as well. So I've got Ajo as my third star, but I'm going Demko as the second star with yep. 23 saves, particularly in that third period when he held down the fourth for the Canucks. They got out shot 13-3, to and Thatcher Demko just uh, continuing to rock and goal for the Canucks. As uh, we mentioned, nine straight victories now and finds his way into the franchise record book. But uh, this night belongs to Elias Lindholm, an easy, easy choice as the first star. No, I got absolutely no problem with that. And yeah, Demko was absolutely lethal when he needed to be. And it's been some of those games, and it's been the story of this team. You know, you can get up one goal, and yeah, you're allowed to take your foot. Maybe not allowed, but you. it's easier to take your foot off the pedal knowing you have that guy that's back there. 
And obviously his guys in front of him helped him be able to see the puck and things like that. But you mentioned, obviously, Ajo and the Carolina Hurricanes. I will say this, Jeff. When the Canucks acquired Elias Lindholm from the Calgary Stampede, or the Calgary, <laughs> the Calgary Stampeders, the Calgary Flames, jeez, it put the entire league on notice. I think there were a lot of teams around that panicked and they said, oh gosh, what do we do now? And the Carolina Hurricanes are one of them. Well, I, again, I love the timing and I mentioned this last week, but uh, with this road trip particularly, like if you're going to make your move, go all in mm-hmm. and you get your guy, you start out of the break in a tough spot against a tough opponent and Elias Lindholm comes through with two of the three Canuck goals. So already the trade paying dividends for the Vancouver Canucks. We'll get some listener feedback. We'll have the staff that stands out in a thought or two on what's to come on Thursday in Boston and the rest of the road trip. A good 3-2 victory for the Vancouver Canucks as they defeat the Carolina Hurricanes. You're listening to Rinkwide Vancouver. Continuing to break down this 3-2 Vancouver Canucks victory over the Carolina Hurricanes. Jeff and Earth with you here. Rink-wide Vancouver. We'll get to some listener feedback in a moment, but uh, we always do a stat that stands out, and there are lots of them with this hockey club right now. The numbers uh, just continue to jump off the page, whether it's team numbers or individuals. But uh, I like this one, Earth, because you did the research here, <laughs> so I'm giving you credit for it. The stat that stands out, and we mentioned that Elias Lindholm not exactly lighting it up this year, a 42-goal score a couple of seasons ago. Just nine at the time of the trade, up to 11 now. So goals have been hard to come by, but he did score in his final game as a Flame before the break. Now he's got two as a Canuck, so he is heating up. But uh, he had to go back a little ways to find the last time that he had scored two in a hockey game. And it just happened to be against the Vancouver Canucks. December 2nd? Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Something about uh, seeing that Canuck uniform. Uh, bringing out the best in uh, Elias Lindholm. So absolutely a stat that stands out. As we mentioned earlier, uh, 50 games in, so 32 now remaining. When they come off this five-game road trip, they'll have 17 of their final 28 at home, including that nine-game homestand in March. So the schedule sets up well for them to just continue to push to the playoffs and to try to grab as high a seating as they can here in the Pacific Division and the Western Conference. And and we're starting to see it now. And probably the same with you, with buddies and, you know, just people that you run into. The buy-in is back in this market. Like, I I think people recognize now that the playoffs are coming. There will be playoff hockey in Vancouver. And we're starting to see this uh, on a regular basis now post-game, which is great because uh, people are getting fired up about this hockey club. And so they should so as we get to some listener feedback, uh, Amon says, first two periods, Canucks were very good. Last period, hate it when they take their foot off the gas. Lindholm, fantastic in all three zones. Goals are a bonus. His two-way play adds confidence to the team and makes the top two lines very strong, both offensively and defensively. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned the fact that you know, it's not ideal to get out shot the way that they did. They didn't need another goal at three to two. Like, Carolina was the team that had to score. You would, you know, I'm not saying you, you shut it down, but obviously score effects. Carolina is the one that has to mount the comeback at that point. And so would like to have seen a little bit more of the play in the Carolina zone in the third period, but uh, ultimately the Canucks did what they had to do to get the victory. This one comes from Unboxed Crayon. Hughes ties Zuboff, Leach, and Coffee with 52 assists through the first 50 games. Of an NHL season, not bad for a D-man. Everybody outside of BC was saying he's in the top-tier blue liner. Yeah, I mean, this is incredible. 
And we've kind of seen these types of stats emerge over the course of the season. But the stuff that Quinn Hughes is doing and continues to do, there are two guys, two guys in NHL history that play that position that have had more assists at the 50-game mark. They are Bobby Orr <laughs> and Paul Coffey. It's wild. Like I, Quinn Hughes is a, a, a skating historical stat every night almost, it seems like. Not only for the Vancouver Canucks and their all-time franchise records, but in the National Hockey League and in the history of the National Hockey League. And this guy, obviously, sky's the limit for him, nor is trophies galore, whatever. If they compete for a Stanley Cup at, at some point, you know, he's definitely going to be one of the best players on the team. But yeah, it's just, it's remarkable because every night, another ho-hum, you said a, a couple assists tonight for Quinn Hughes, and, and he does that on so many different nights. And, and it's his skating, it's his smarts with the puck, and it, he was given the captain before this season. So there was some expectation there as well, Jeff. So it's wild to see. I mean, the numbers are keep, are keeping on rolling, but I mean, like anyone probably in that room, you ask them, trying to stay humble, trying to they they know what the bigger goal is for this hockey club. Josh, the Zamboni guy, that was a gritty playoff game right there. Yeah, again, mm-hmm. we're gonna have to continue to find ways to to win these types of games, but I think they're showing that as the season moves along. That you know, last season, if they didn't score five, because they were giving up five on a nightly basis, they had to score five or six to win here. They're showing an ability to win in some different ways. Travis says, I think Lindholm is going to fit in just fine. Uh, certainly based on uh, night number one, I would agree with you there. Trevor says, Carolina is a tough team to play against. They stick to you like glue and always seem to block clearing attempts. We adapted in the third to counter their style, which shows resilience and adaptability. Lindy is a great addition, seems to understand the systems really well. And we'll leave the last word here from the listener feedback to Jay. These teams are mirror images of each other, and who would have imagined the Canucks' speed and structure could rival that of the Carolina Hurricanes? And you're right. At the outset of the season, if you had told me a game coming out of the All-Star break was going to propel the Canucks to first place in the overall standings and complete the season sweep, two-game sweep of the, the Hurricanes, I wouldn't have bought what you were selling me back then. But uh, we've been here every step of the way after each and every game, and you know, you don't fluke into a record of 34, 11, and 5. You just don't. And that's what the Canucks are. And they they are what their record says they are. At what point, I mean, their, their jury's still not out on this season. I mean, but I think they've proved a lot of people wrong. At what point, because now I'm finally like, okay, the, this team might actually be legit. You're getting elite level <laughs> goaltending. You're, you're doing all that. You went at the All-Star break. You had six All-Stars and the head coach. You, everything was going well for you. At what point, Jeff, in this season, did you think, okay, are they actually here? Like, like, is this the team that I can believe in? I guess it was when they came out of that stretch of 10 games where they alternated wins and losses. Mm-hmm. I was really curious. It, you know, if you come out of a stretch like that and you lose a couple in a row, all of a sudden now you have like, you know, five wins in 12 games or whatever. It's not ideal. And, and most teams go through a stretch like that. But they came out of that and have gone on this run of they're 18, two and four. Like again, we keep coming up with these just ridiculous numbers in their last 24 hockey games, or if they have two outright losses, like it's nuts. And so I think for me, it was that showed a little resilience, that stretch in November where they had to go out East to Toronto and Ottawa and Montreal, and then come back home and then go back out on the road. And they played 10 games in 17 nights. And you could see like they didn't have it, but they managed to go five and five and that's sort of the low watermark for them. Mm-hmm. And since then, they've just been taking points on a nightly basis. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it was there. 
it, you know, Elias Patterson's had a couple of stretches where he's just been otherworldly. Quinn Hughes has just been consistently so good. Brock Besser, a uh, bunch of big nights. And so, yeah, I mean, when you see them line up at the All-Star Weekend <laughs> and they've got more representatives than any other team, like, it's undeniable that they've got the top-end talent. And they've got a motivated management group here that I don't think is done. Uh, they've got a month to go here before the trade deadline. So let's see where all of this takes them but man, like they should just be full of confidence as they barge through the front door in Boston. And let's hope Thursday's another good hockey. Yeah. This was a good hockey game. Like this was, you know, maybe a little more special teams than I thought. But Carolina's got top five special teams on both sides. And we know what the Canucks power play. So maybe I shouldn't have been surprised in that regard. But Bruins get tagged by Calgary. Four to one was the final there. So they're not going to be very happy about the way things shook down for them coming out of the break. They'll be ready. You know they'll be ready. And uh, we know in this market, uh, any game against the Boston Bruins, even all these years later, still uh, has some sort of significance. Even though I think the Bruins, for the most part, have moved on. They've been to two Stanley Cup finals since uh, they had that uh, incredible record regular season last year. I'm not sure that they worry too much about the Vancouver Canucks. But you know what? On Thursday, they might have to. Because uh, this team leaves Raleigh with two more points and... Hands for Boston, stop number two on this five-game road trip. Well, especially since they got slapped by Calgary, Yeah. right? I yep. mean, the Calgary Flames, the new look, Andre Kuzmenko on the Calgary Flames went into Beantown and laid the licking on the Bruins. But yeah, I mean, look, for potential, you look down the road, everyone's going to the two the top teams as potential Stanley Cup matchups you got here with against the Carolina Hurricanes. The Canucks, Canucks were able to come out and do it. And yeah, the Boston Bruins, I mean, a lot of the characters, uh, almost all of them have since coming gone, you got Brad Marchand still there on the Bruins doing Brad Marchand things, but uh, it's always fun. I mean, you know those in the in the garden, they they hate the Vancouver Canucks, so it, it should be fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, you'll be back yep. with me here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's 82 games over the course of a season. They're not all equal. And again, there's just always something about uh, the Canucks and the Bruins uh, hearkening back to 2011. Not as much uh, on the line in this one, but uh, it is a battle of two teams at the top of the National Hockey League standing. So we're looking forward to that. And that will be our next podcast after the Canucks in Boston on Thursday. But uh, on this night, it was 3-2. to two. The Vancouver Canucks defeat the Carolina Hurricanes for Earth. This is Jeff. Uh, thanks so much for listening to another edition of Rinkwide Vancouver.